Welcome to the Taz and Kenny Podcast Show, where nothing is off limits. All right, Kenny, today we're going to have a quick chat about the Whittlesey Council. I spoke to you the other day that we had an issue where in the street of Yale Drive in Epping, they have put up some 30 or 40 signs and they are no parking signs pointed directly at the driveway. They're not actually stopping anyone parking near the nature strip. My argument is, why are we spending thousands and thousands of dollars to tell people not to park in driveways when I would have thought that is common sense? Yeah, well, it is, surely. I mean, who's going to go and park over someone's driveway and walk away from their car seriously? Apparently it's only a problem in half the street because we only did it in the first half of the street, the council, and we rang the Whittlesea Council and asked them for a comment this week, spoke to their media representative, um, and this will shock you, they haven't come back to us. No. Well, uh, we've certainly put it out. We've told them that we'll send them a copy of the podcast show. What really gets up my goat, Ken, is the amount of rates that we pay here and the rates in this street went up. It's around about $3,000 a year for one factory here. And on top of this, and you've seen it, we received another letter saying that they're now replacing the trees in the street. Yeah, I'll have a crack about that. So we're going to pull out perfectly good trees because there's nothing better to spend money on in this community then replacing trees in the street and putting up no parking signs. And, and this apparently went out to a survey. Have you, did you get any mention of a survey when it was taking place? I'm wondering where this survey went to well, for, for them to decide on... Committing, we got well, no what, the, what they're doing. What they're doing is uh, replacing Australian native trees that are existing along the nature strip already with nothing wrong with them, nothing at all, but they have decided that they need to be changed and there was a survey taken as to what particular type of trees they want to replace. Now, I want to know, firstly, why are the trees being replaced? And secondly, what what are they going to do with these current current trees? I mean, they're obviously alive, nothing wrong with them, and we know how the Greens like to jump on anything native, can't be touched. So in doing that, if they are going to take them out, they're obviously going to spend more money on taking them and putting them somewhere else. Why, why is there such friggin' ridiculous measures being taken so unnecessarily money wasting well i guess this is the question this is the especially purpose. when all the bloody roads around here are freaking mayhem as anyone who lives in the area knows build the infrastructure but just don't worry about the roads the road side of the infrastructure almost certainly on cooper street i see an accident a week on up near the hospital here now i'll go as far as saying i think the reason they're doing this is to try to stop uh, people parking in this street that visit the hospital because... Not only visit, the nurses also. Well, we see nurses every morning parking their cars here halfway up the street and walking there because they don't have to pay for parking. So would have they not been better off rather than putting uh, no parking signs only pointed to the driveway because that's not actually going to solve the problem of these nurses still parking in the street... But would have we not been better off putting in a two-hour parking limit and utilised the signs to do that? Then the council could have actually made some revenue if they... Because this is all they seem to do is revenue raise anyway. Would have they not been better off revenue raising by finding the people that parked here for two more hours? Further to that, Ken, the reason they don't park at the 
hospital is because of the cost of parking there. Now, obviously, that's a private business. So what people have done is they've worked out, we'll go and fill up the Epping Plaza car park and we'll go and park in all of these side streets rather than pay for parking, which is fine. But what it's not fine for is the local businesses in the street whose customers come to visit them to buy stuff that can't get a park and then turn around and leave the street. So the council don't give a flying rat's ass about that because they've gone and put in 30 or 40 street signs pointing, just saying don't park in the driveway. Continue to park here, ladies and gentlemen, in the street, no dramas, just don't park in the driveway. What a load of rubbish and what a waste of money, Ken. Absolutely. The, the council has a lot to answer for. And I want to know, um, as, as you have tried to get in touch with them, to find out uh, like the accountability on, on this sort of spending, spending that they're doing, who does hold them to account? I mean, if, if your average person is trying to get in touch to, to seek how they justify all this spending, there's never a reply. It doesn't matter who you try and talk to. You're always referred under someone else in a different department and all that sort of stuff. Who actually gets to hold these these councillors to account? Why, why are they able to just do whatever they bloody like with the, um, with the rate payers' money? And why is it that they have to push the budget every year to enable them to you know, increase it the following year. Is this why they're, they're wasting money on such stupid, ridiculous freaking things like tree replacements? Another thing I want to know, Daz, when they talk of, um, you know, when you're speaking of revenue raising and health and safety issues that they run under the guise of when they're implementing fines, when you've got shops, like local shops, you know, individual small businesses trying to make a go of things, they'll walk along and they'll say that they are, they are not able to encroach into footpath areas, like footpaths obviously wide enough to, you know, to have people walk through and still be able to put products, clothes, racks and, and, and certain knickknacks out on the street. They, they come to these businesses with the, uh, or under the guise of OH&S issues, but then all of a sudden they can disappear if you pay a certain amount, um, uh, well, what is it, a licence or... I think they get a permit fee. A permit. That, that's the one. You, you, you pay money for a permit and all of a sudden the OH&S issues go away. How does that work? Please. Well, I think, I think from what I understand, so this week in the way of research, I went up to a couple of the cafes on High Street Epping and asked them, you know, you guys don't have tables out the front. Um, is there a reason for that? And it was a loaded question with me really already knowing the answer. And they said they have to buy a permit off the Whittlesea Council to put a table at the front. Now, apparently the reason the permit is charged is so that if a disabled person or a wheelchaired person or whoever walks past, that if they do knock the table, they, they don't get sued. Now, and, and that's fair enough. We have to leave pathways clear for them. However, I don't understand the purpose. These small businesses are disappearing by the day because of extra costs. Now, surely we could save... I'm going to make an assumption here, and it's only an assumption, and Whittlesea Council, please return our call and email so that we can be told we're incorrect or give us some facts or figures. I'm going to go as far as saying if it costs $30 million to build a library locally... These street signs must have cost in the vicinity of ten to thirty thousand, right? Because mm. there's that many in there. There's thirty to fifty signs, so the signs had to be made. Someone who complied with OH&S had to come and install them. I don't understand 
to me, it's the biggest waste of money. A lot of cancel crap I can put up with. This is, uh, there's no benefit to it. We're, all they're saying is don't park in someone's driveway. That is already a set rule that everybody knows. And if it's such a big issue and it's happening that often, get one of your noggins to come out with his meter and just find the person parking in the driveway. I'd argue no one was probably parking in the driveways or not enough to justify it, but someone needed to spend some money there. So let's quickly drop 30 grand into Yale Drive because it's the only street we can see you've done it in and we've driven up and down a few of the streets here. I just don't understand this stupid spending. Now, Ken, I know you want to touch on, I think you've seen some witches' hats or something out there as well. Oh, there was a witches' hats laid out for about 30 metres along this strip where there's four or five no-standing signs there this morning. What? Why? This is what I want to. Why, why is now the council blocking people from parking there with no, no actual reason? I mean, it, it's every other day. It seems like you can park there. There's no works going on, but I see a series of witches' hats laid out preventing people from parking there. Well, we did ask the Whittlesey Council to contact us so we could find out if it's the Whittlesey Council actually putting the witches' hats out there, or it's a local resident, a local factory owner who's just absolutely so annoyed with him not being able to get a parking spot out the front of his own place every day. Surely if you consulted with the community in the street on what we wanted, because no one certainly asked me. Well, there's no signage to say don't park there to anyone. It's saying don't park in my driveway. Mm. No. So, so I can understand his frustration, that. but at the same time, what gives him the freaking right? Why is he laying out witches' hats to, to say no one else can park here? I wonder if he's getting a what fine. About the, what about the businesses across the road and next to him? Why why are, his, uh, why are their potential customers not able to park there? Why has he got the free-for-all on those spots? This must be coming at an expense to the local tuck shop at the end of the street as well. Uh, we know there's a couple of elderly ladies that run that shop there. And if you can't get a parking spot, you'll drive away. I think you're affecting local business again. There seems to not be enough effort put into supporting local business, Whittlesea Council, rather than putting up signs. Uh, we really need to understand the cost behind what you've done and the reason behind what you've done because it makes no sense and nobody that we've spoken to in the street was consulted about it. Yeah, too right. Look, I want to revert back to the comment you made earlier about the, uh, the justification in, in paying permits to have these places you know, be able to put things out on the street. I call bullshit. What business out there we isn't... We have a button for that yeah, now, Ken, right, can yeah, I? Yeah, go on, swing away, mate. Devcon 5, bullshit. There you go. Uh, public liability insurance covers these things. So for, for council to come along and say that they are going to be held you know, responsible for, for what an individual business puts out there, public liability insurance covers them as individuals. So for them to say that they're, they're charging permits out to cover that is a crock of shit. Another, an, another one that I want to point out, as anyone anyone in Epping or surrounding areas would know, out, out front of uh, the Epping pub, you'll see the, uh, the small median strip where it's, I mean, it's, a definite, it's, a, it's a dangerous spot for anyone to pull out. Every single day, really, every single day you'll see that three-foot keep left sign is bowled over. Every day. I mean, they... What, what do you think one sign would cost to replace, Daz, in all seriousness? I mean, you take labour into it, you take Got to be a construction. Bucks, doesn't it? You would think so. Now, if you're, if you're paying that pretty much... Look, look, to be fair, let's have it, say, three times a week that things get involved over, and that's no exaggeration, as everyone would know. Why isn't there something in place, like a, a, a rubber sign or, or something... 
something that's going to prevent this shit from happening constantly. Why are they continuing to replace this sign day after day after day without anything actually being done to rectify why it's such a freaking issue in the first place? Keep someone employed, but I guess... Uh, for oh, but, well, there's plenty to keep them employed. This is just a ridiculous, just a, a stupid, stupid thing that keeps taking place. And it's been happening for years and years and years. Ken, as you know, I run a uh, basketball side for special needs. I contacted the council 12 months ago, a couple of political arms as well, just trying to get some funding and or, if not funding, free court time um, to some buildings. So we there is there is actually no um, outlet for kids with special needs to play in a local basketball side. Uh, me and another fellow, um, Adam from Watsonia, uh, funded uh, it last year in line with uh, the Rebels Basketball uh, Club. We, we funded it ourselves to get 25 kids with special needs into a basketball side. I could not get one single return phone call from the Whittlesea Council. Now, you can say this is a witch hunt as a result of that. It's not. I just think you guys are wasting money hand over fist, and I can't wait for you to come in because I have a list as long as the day goes for you to tell me of where you're wasting my money. If you are wasting... And stop referring it to another department. Some individual there has to be accountable for the for the questions that we're trying to ask This here. week we managed to get a name and an email address, and we actually spoke to a lovely lady there, Sarah. She's going to come back to us. She hasn't yet. I'm sure she's busy because the council must have complaints coming out of their bum here, and mm. I can't wait. Uh, we've certainly got all the attention of the people in Yale Drive seeking an, an answer to why we're wasting this sort of money in this street and why the rates keep going up like no tomorrow. Ken, I think we've covered that, but we're not going to let go of this. No, no, this will, this will definitely be coming we're up. We're going to bring as it the, up every single week until on. we get an answer and so forth. I understand you and I are hitting the streets next week to go and speak to a couple of other Absolutely, people we are. that aren't happy with the Whittlesea Council. I, I, you know, that's what this show is here for, ladies and gentlemen. And you can email us your concern if you have one with the Whittlesea Council. I'm sure there's plenty. I mean, we're only talking one street here. We know each individual has their own issues on all their streets. Yep. And not just the Whittlesea Council. If you are listening to the podcast outside of Victoria and you're, you have some issues, you can email us to the Daz and Kenny podcast show at gmail.com. Kenny, we'll be back shortly. Hooroo. Well, Ken, uh, welcome back. Uh, we're going to touch on a topic now that we discussed last week, Australia Day. As you know, we sent out our first episode last week and we had a lot of feedback, more so on this than any other topic. Uh, obviously, it's a touchy subject, though I would say the majority agreed with us, Ken. Well, yeah, absolutely, the majority do agree because it seems to, to most that it's ridiculous to think that a change of date is going to have any bearing on what history tells us. Well, what history told me was to have a look at Facebook and check out a couple of other people's opinion, which introduces us to our guest today. Christy, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. You might not thank us by the end of it, Christy, but we'll go with that right now. Let me read Christy's post um, from Facebook. It says, Happy Australia Day. My ancestors were brought to this country against their will as slave labour. Most of the convicts forced here were given dodgy sentences of seven to ten years for things as simple as stealing bread for their starving families. They were packed in like rats into filthy conditions in the hull of a boat and were confined there for months. Women convicts were used by sailors and soldiers for their pleasure. 
Once they arrived to their new prison away from their families and everything they knew, they were forced to build a colony from scratch. With little or no education or survival skills, they faced years of famine and disease and many starved to death. Any who tried to escape the deadly conditions were hunted down or killed or given severe punishments. They lived in fear of the natives who, were, who they were completely ignorant about who were sent out to help soldiers battle them regardless. They had little or no help from the country that had sentenced them here, but all who turned their backs on their colony except as a solution to their overcrowded prisons. Despite their hardships, they managed to eke out barely survivable existence and through hard work and sheer will, lay the foundations for what is today one of the greatest nations on earth. Regardless of the facts that my ancestors were forced here as slaves, I celebrate Australia Day as a tribute to them overcoming overwhelming odds to build what we know as Australia today. I focus on the positives, not the negatives. We could talk about how unfair it was to everyone, the slaves forced here under the geese of convicts, the soldiers ordered to leave all they knew behind them by the orders of their king to a native country and we suffered worse than any and much more for much longer but we wouldn't be here today if none of this happened we would we would have learnt the lesson that what we did and wouldn't be for the great nation that we have today and what we've become i celebrate australia day on the 26th for many reasons it is the first day the first fleet arrived and cl claimed this great southern land and i love australia i'm proud of what this country is today our achievements our uniqueness and diversity well written christy Thank you. Yeah, very well said. I'm very oh, proud of writing that to you. And you should be, because I must admit through our whole uh, recording last week, I didn't actually take into consideration the convicts. I didn't take into consideration people that were sent here against their will. And because I listen to general media more often than not for the first 43 years of my life, I've just come to believe that this is an argument between Aboriginals and the white people, which I hate referring it to, to it that way, but it's not. It's so much more than that. So your opinion is absolutely fantastic. I guess the question I would like to ask you is, do you think that the date should be changed though? I actually don't think the date should be changed. I understand for Aboriginals that to them, it's not a good date. But in the terms or context of history, I think it is a date that should be recognised for both cultures. Oh, I agree. Ken, let me ask you this. Did you watch the news the night of Australia Day? No, I try to steer clear of what's going on in the news and look, <laughs> yeah. look, to, look to find facts for myself through I agree, my own I means. Well, I watched it, um, and I'm not sure why. I think I generally try to watch the news just to get my head around what is perceived to be going on. But I'll tell you what I've seen. About two and a half minutes on Channel 9 was allocated to the protests by the Aboriginal people. And there was about 20 seconds allocated to the united majority of people that marched down Flinders Street together celebrating Australia Day for what it is. And this actually comes back to my point that the media like conflict. They're not good news reporters. They're reporting on what is conflict because that is what gets people to watch the news. I am still convinced we are talking about a minority group that want to change the day. Yeah, it is too not right it a is. majority or anywhere near it. Well, when what? you think about it, 10,000 people protesting, 20 million celebrating, this is all about appeasing the minority as it 
as it is usually. This new political correctness freaking scheme that everyone seems to be jumping on is a, is an absolute joke, and I'm f- fed up. Yeah, I've I- had enough, just like the majority of people. I've had enough, but we don't get to voice what our opinions are because there's no platform for it because the left biased media have got a stranglehold on everything, and your opinion doesn't count when it doesn't suit their agenda. I will note that at the bottom of uh, Christie's post... It, there was a, a great picture there um, of the Australian flag and the Survival Day flag with an Aboriginal flag um, and what it was celebrating. I don't think we, uh, as a show, have taken away from what the Aboriginals are entitled to or what they want. But again, and this is the second time we'll put out that we had a very good wide reach last week, I still haven't got anybody from the Aboriginal community come to me and say, I want to come and talk to you on the show about what it is we want. And, and, and I'd love to hear that. I'd love to be educated. Kenny puts out each week that uh, we're happy to change our opinions, but bring us some facts and some information to change it. And Christy, you've managed to do that because I didn't consider the convict side at all. They didn't want to come here. They were forced here by the British. Now, I'm not celebrating the British Empire for that, but I do agree, I think you picked up in your post, that it's probably what made us the great country it is. What would it be today without it? Someone would have invaded it at some stage. That is, unfortunately, sometimes progression, whether we like it or not. Since the dawn of time, does I mean, it's, it's time. been going on. I did get a couple of other. Uh, um, I did get a couple of other people come to us uh, via uh, Facebook, uh, and I got one email uh, regarding it. And I must admit, I'm open to everyone's opinion. I don't think we had a go at any culture on the show, and I don't think that will ever be our charter. I think what we're doing is just trying to understand it better. We're not claiming to know everything. You just need to come back to us with more information. Uh, Christy, we're going to come back in a second after a break, and I've got a topic that is probably going to make you think I'm a chauvinistic pig. Let, let, let me ask you, are you up for the challenge? I am. Bring you, it on. Do you promise not to bash him? <laughs> I'll be gentle. Well, Daz recommends before we start, you go and put your apron on because you're going to be busy. <laughs> oh, jeepers, that is the lead in a lead. We will be back in just one moment. Ding, ding, round one. This new topic is most certainly going to upset a couple, Ken. Are you ready for a battle with Christy? I'm ready, but I'm thinking maybe it might be more you that I'm going against here, Daz. Not in, not in every aspect, but there's definitely a few that you might want to reel in a little. Well, let me open with two kitchen hands are better than one. So the topic I wanted to bring up here is I watch, and don't hate me, I'm a celebrity, get me out of here. And other than the fact that I... Next, you're going to tell me you watch The Project too, Daz, and then you've completely lost me. I don't mind The Project. I I don't love it. I knew there was something strange about you. But getting back to I'm a celebrity, get me out of here, Anthony Mundine, the man, come on the show, and the first thing he referred to was, I'll earn the money, you girls make sure you uh, cook and clean and... Do what you've got to do. Now, I say that with a bit of a smile on my face because I'm actually a believer that I think they had it right back in the 1950s where a woman's place was to 
raise the kids during the day, get them to school, pick them up, make them lunch, snacks, dinners, do the washing, ironing, etc., and make it all happen. I actually think society was a better place in the 1950s than it is today. Um, Ken. Yes. With me or against me? Oh, I will say at the moment 50-50. We'll see how it goes as the, uh, as the segment rolls on. Well, Christy, you're looking like you're about to jump the table and punch <laughs> 11 daylights out of me. What have you got uh, for me? I know. It's weird because I'm like 50-50 too, but I agree with you to some extent, but the other extent, I'm like, you pig. <laughs> you wouldn't be the first woman to call me a pig, so don't feel bad, but I'm not saying your place is just in the kitchen. You could have gone to the laundry. <laughs> um, I, I look back and my mum did work at, at stages throughout her life, but predominantly she raised us. And I actually found it quite comforting, not knowing any different really, to come home and mum would make us a snack and our, our clothes were made. You never went, you know, wondering, oh, where's my shorts or where's my socks? Mum knew where everything was. Now, I'm happy to put it out there. My wife works herself, so um, and she also does an incredible job at home when she gets home, and I do... Some jobs around the house. You're saying that because you want dinner tonight, Des. Um, she won't He's see this recording to Friday. So, <laughs> um, but I think my opinion is the reason. The reason I guess that I raise is is today with the expenses, uh, with the I need it now mentality, credit cards, and all these things. People, both parents, have to work to make ends meet when there's a married situation and when it's a separated situation, it's even heaps harder. This is what I'm saying. I don't know what the divorce rate was. Yeah, well, there's the point that I was going to make. Maybe you failed to recognise. Maybe there wasn't many happy marriages in the 50s either. I'm not really sure. Um, No, I don't think so. I'm just, yeah, I have no idea. But this is just a bit of a friendly topic because when we mentioned pre-show that um, I thought a woman's place was in the kitchen... Uh, Christy didn't look overly impressed, and I thought, let's push a few buttons here. Yeah. And, and can you, you seem to have known today that there's, a, that there's no, a lady no. in the studio. No, rubbish. Oh, I couldn't give a rat's ass about that aspect, as. I think maybe one of the points that you are. Yeah, okay, fair enough, fair enough. Maybe, maybe one of the points that you're failing to recognise is that, yes, like you say, a woman's place was home looking after the kids and, and all that sort of stuff. I mean, you did mention the, the current divorce rates, which didn't exist back then. Nowadays, it's something like a 50%, 50% divorce rate. Mm. Uh, that's insane. But then with that divorce rate, you've also got the single mothers who are actually having to go out and work and play the mum and the dad role. Not not to say that dad dad's... Oh, there you go. Christy's throwing her hand up to say that's her. Yep. Not to say that every, um, every dad that isn't with the, you know, in the marriage or around their kids isn't doing their fair share also. But I think society has changed so much in the last 50, 60 years through, through so many aspects, like through the causes, you know, technology being a major factor. Um, I think maybe the, the women's liberation movement initially, what it stood for was fantastic. I think it seems to have been taken, there's a real stranglehold put on it now by this modern age feminist who isn't, there's, it's not about equality anymore. It's about dominance and 
pretty much anything to do with male, especially being white male. I'm not, I'm not looking to bring race into this, but the white male tends to be frowned upon as the uh, as the doer of all things wrong. You know, everything from the past seems to be the the white male's uh, issue that that they've created and. Now, for whatever reason, even the newer generation who had no say or part in that is being punished and, and having to pay retribution for, for past you know, issues that, that have taken place. I'd... The baby boomers cop a lot for that, don't they? Mm. Yeah, well, they seem, well, baby boomers are slowly dying out, but then someone still has to be held to account. So it seems to skip on to the next generation who have been raised by these people. And the moral, the moral values seem to be caught in... You know, at a crossroads where you know, which way do we adhere is it is it the a, modern day modern day uh, way of going about things where yeah, where society has changed so much i think it's much? a disposable mentality people have now they have it with everything in their life even people like relationships aren't what they used to be and people don't look for a relate like when they're looking for someone they're not out there saying i want a guy with these morals or these values and stuff they're like they look for what can this guy give me a house like you know is he going to be security for me like they're looking for other things like and if they're not happy they're quite happy just to move on like if something doesn't tick all their boxes they're quite happy Was that just to tickle let it their go. boxes or tick all their boxes. <laughs> I, I missed that. A bit of both, maybe. <laughs> I think you'll find uh, in today's fast-paced life that I think maybe divorce rates are higher as a result of both people. I I, I still believe money yeah. makes up a massive part of divorce rates because yeah, it puts a lot of pressure yeah. on the house. Now, some marriages just aren't meant to meant to last or you know they could be in an abusive situation it could and not for me to judge anyone's situation christy tell me as a single mother how hard is it when you've got to provide for everything oh it's really hard and i've got two girls and i've only been separated for four years but even before i left my ex i was working for myself but Juggling two young kids, a house, and family, it's really hard to throw work into the mix because it's like family's a priority, your house is a priority, so you need money, like you said as well. And in this day and age, both parties really do need to be working to even just pay the regular bills to get Mm. by. So it's kind of, you know, now I'm by myself, sometimes... I'm like, yeah, it's real hard. And I, I think that uh, I know a lot of people that are single and everyone tells me the exact same story. It is bloody hard. And, yeah. you know, I'm sure your kids want the same as what the Joneses want up the road. And some of those things are gravely expensive. And I've had this conversation with my kids, you know, I think you got a pretty lucky, you don't go without much and, you know, and then you say other kids that, you know, do go without stuff and then I think, do I give them too much and do I, you know, do I make them earn for it or I don't really want them to work too hard yet, they're going to have to work for the rest of their life. But in a single situation, whether it's mum or dad for that reason, I think anyone would take back, I don't think anyone, I'll change that statement. 
Christy, would you rather be living in the 50s with a loving husband who went out and provided and you raised the family home? Well, see, it's funny you say that. And all of my friends even tell me to this day, my parents, I'm one of six kids. My dad worked and my mum stayed home with all of the kids. And she was like Wonder Woman. She would come around in the morning and ask all of us what we wanted for breakfast and she'd cook us something individual every day. She was just amazing. She'd walk us to school, she'd pick us up. And she, we even ha I even had friends that went to my school that asked my mum to pick them up on the way because their parents wouldn't take them. And I bet you she did it. She did. And they loved her like their mum. And they tell me even to this day. And it does make me sad that I can't give that to my kids because I am that mum running around in the laundry basket looking for a clean pair of socks in the morning some days because I'm busy. But you're working as well. You're having to provide. You don't have you Yeah. Know, you don't have the, the perfect husband at home that earns half a million dollars a year so you can stay home and raise the kids. And I'm not saying you want that but No. But isn't it amazing back in the fifties uh People weren't so materialised. No, we no, didn't it's a very have all material those, world now. Yeah, we didn't have all these gadgets and fancy things for our home. Like, no one, no one had all those big flat screen TVs, and you didn't have the massive lounge suite and things like that. So, life what, was much more simple yeah, in all what aspects. We have, what we think we need has changed a lot as well. So I guess the point I'm making here is not necessarily being a chauvinistic pig saying a woman's place is in the kitchen or the laundry or <laughs> anywhere else in the house. Those bloody lawns aren't going to mow themselves either, Des. Well, exactly, we and those bins aren't grass. taking themselves out in a hurry. <laughs> My wife and I both don't like mowing, so that's where... I love mowing the lawn. See, I like in a relationship, it's 50-50. I don't think... It's designated jobs. I actually like mowing the lawn. If you didn't like mowing the lawn, I'd mow the lawns for I bet you get downstairs and service the car then. So you'd be washing the dishes <laughs> I could probably do some of that. That doesn't mean wash it. I'm not sure I'm subscribing to the dishes either. But, uh, but I think the point I was trying to get across is we are in a real materialistic world and when mm. you see someone like uh, Anthony Mundine make the comment on on uh, TV, and it, and it got a bit of outrage against it by the hosts. And, oh, and look, I think anything he's got to say it comes with controversy yeah, because he, I agree. He, he's a, you know, really his opinions are, are laughable at best the majority of the time. And even though it's a, a laughable comment that he makes, there, like, as you've raised it, it does have some, yeah, there's, there's some element of truth about it. As you listen to this show, I highly recommend, and I'm not cash for comment here, watch it because my opinion has changed immensely on uh, Anthony Mundine in the three or four episodes I've watched with him on it. I think it is very much a show. And, and, and I've got to tell you, he's a smart man when it comes to marketing himself. I now, agree. Sunday they're putting Danny Green in the jungle and Anthony doesn't know Danny Green's coming into the show. These two guys, labelled Rumble in the Jungle, <laughs> are going to be on the show together. And Anthony has no idea. And Danny's all over it. And he's eager to get in there. And these two legitimately don't like each yeah. other. Um, but make no mistake, Anthony Mundy's no, no idiot. He has made millions out of running his mouth. 
And to be fair, Ken, you and I have made no money out of running our mouth, so maybe we're maybe we're doing something wrong. At least you can sing out of yours. I'm brilliant in the shower, I might add. I so I, I guess Professional ball washer, are you, Daz? I guess. <laughs> can we beep that out? I don't know. I, I think uh, overall, my point was society from the 1950s to today is very much different, and I think I'd rather be in the 50s. Yeah. Much yeah, better. Look, I. The majority of the uh, the younger generations now would would look at you and laugh and just say you're a stupid old man and look at the rights that you didn't have back then as Probably a woman and all that right. sort of stuff. Yeah, because I agree. I I'm actually at the opinion that I want it all. I want the 1950s values. Greedy but bitch. Yeah, I know. <laughs> and I want the modern life as well because I want to be able to work and be an independent woman and all the rest of it. And I'm proud of myself that I do work for myself and what I have built up over you, the time. So. You, you can't help you. I mean, you've been raised as a product of your environment, but it still doesn't change the fact that you have those moral values of the way that you were raised. So it's, it's, it's quite tricky trying to find the compromise between where your heart lies and where the current state of affairs you are headed through. through you know. I think as well, though, it does actually make a happier marriage... Because women and men, whether we like it or not, there's things we can't fight about being male or being female. And men like to be looked after and they like to have a nice home to come back to. Are you to. saying we're sooks? Yeah, you are. You're hmm. just big no, my babies. Wife would agree. <laughs> <laughs> so that actually makes a relationship work better because. To a man, that's being cared for and being loved. So where a lot of people don't realise that now and they, they see it as a greed or selfish thing. I think it also comes with the pressures of raising the kids and paying off the house and the car and if you've got the Exactly. Boat and, the and if you want to have all those fancy things in life and have those holidays and all the rest of it, both of you do need to be working. Mm. Agree. Well, that seems yeah. to be the consensus. I think did we end up agreeing... I think there was some compromise found in the end and you, kind of you ended up shutting up. Uh, so you pretty much up. All right, well, you have to shut up. My closing comments is I think it's pretty clear that we managed to agree a woman's place is in the kitchen. Oh, yeah. <laughs> providing, is the disclaimer, providing that the man's out there earning enough and that's the lifestyle they both want to share. It's got to come down to a choice. Yes. I mean, you can't, you can't just and throw I a blanket comment like that over the top. And as well because it's not so much about being at the kitchen sink like, the woman's quite happy to do that if she knows that that's being appreciated and you because it's for the good of the family, not because you're a jerk and that's actually what you think she she should be doing or is like best that? at. <laughs> well, women, women generally in previous generations have been uh, raised as quite maternal beings. Exactly. Now, now in the modern day, um, through through choices that. You know that that are afforded to them, which they weren't before. Now they're becoming much more business orientated and want to want to find themselves in different jobs and go on to bigger and better things. Which I I don't take that away from them at all. But I think at some point they're going to have to look at things, make a choice. If you know, you you can't sort of be uh, overly maternal and want to want to chase these these dreams of. You know, careers and stuff like that 
you really got to direct yourself uh, close to 100%. You know, the majority, one way or the other. You can't... What's the point in having kids? You want to start a family just for the sake of having a family and one day you'll, you'll, you'll have the kids there to give your grandkids and stuff. When you're going to work to put them into daycare... So you can come home and put them to bed and start it all over again the next yeah. day. I mean, the the whole family unit is suffering because of this modern day. It's lifestyle. the money. It's basically it comes down to money is controlling the lifestyle of everyone. Agree. I actually agree too because I was torn when I had kids because I've worked every day of my life since I was fifteen years old. I the longest I've ever been un- unemployed is two weeks. So I have always worked and I've always strived for my goals and dreams and I've got ambitions. So when I did have children, of course I wanted to stay at home because I have that maternal instinct as well. And I loved the way I was raised and I wanted to give that. Doesn't pay the bills always though, does it? Exactly. Plus not only that, I think me as a person – you need to have a healthy balance of everything in life to be happy or satisfied with things. And I think that's what a lot of the 1950s wives missed out on. They didn't have the outlets like, I do boxing, I do, you know, I've got all these extra things I do. And I, as a 1950s wife, I probably wouldn't have done that. And that's probably a great point. Maybe the 1950s wives weren't happy and maybe the 1950s men were and, and I guess that that's a debate for another day. Uh, Christy, let me ask you, if you don't mind, what is it that you do for a living? I'm a photographer. So if you guys need your photos taken, do you do weddings or...? Yeah, I do mostly children and families. Mm-hmm. Um, at the moment, I've actually done a lot of corporate and product um, shots for websites and all digital media, so that's so you think way you could, for marketing uh, fix now. Ken's head up if we did a photo shoot a photo for the shot. podcast. Is this fixable? Yeah. I can do a bit of colour paste. Yeah. yeah. Can I have an extra couple of chins that you can take off Daz's and just stick them on my head? Yeah. <laughs> I knew it was coming at 100 miles an hour. If you would like Christy's details, just contact us via the Facebook page. We'll get her... Uh, business put up there for you so you can contact her, support uh, a single mother out there having a go, making it work for her kids. And good on you, Christy, because it's not easy in today's society to do. Thanks for coming on the show. If you've got any feedback that you want to send us, the normal email, do you know it yet, Ken? You keep changing it on me. Hang on, let me me try and get my head around this one. Is it the Daz and Kenny podcast show at gmail.com? That's correct. The Daz winning. and Kenny yeah. podcast show at gmail.com. Not the Ken and Dazzy. No. Yeah, Dazzy. Yeah, okay. They'll get lost really quick. Narcissistic quick. prick that you are. We will be back in one second. You know what? Welcome back, Ken. We've kept Christy on for an extra 10 minutes here to discuss transgender toilets. Now, that is our topic. I'm really interested in your opinion, and I somewhat know your opinion already, Ken, because we've discussed it during our research during the week, and I'll be very interested in Christy's opinion on it as well. I'm going to tell you mine after you tell me yours. Well, there's a a number of bones that I've got to pick with this one, mate. Firstly, uh, what they're looking to get across legislation is based on uh, emotions. There's nothing... 
well, I can't find anything to say that there is a particular you know, uh, legitimate reason why these people cannot or refuse to or, or don't want to use the toilets they've currently been using for their for the total of their lives. There is uh, there's also in pretty much every place now a disabled toilet where you know obviously is there for disabled people for mothers you know mothers with kids for for stuff like whatever they need to do that they can't normally do in uh, in the normal amenities that are afforded to them why why is it that these people are looking for you know they want inclusion but the first thing that they're looking for is to disclude themselves from what what the normality are doing now if this is I know you've worked out the cost or, or gone and done a bit of study on the cost, but let's say... $40 million it'll cost Australia to put in a $40 million. Yeah. $40 million. And here we are with pensioners who can't keep bloody cold in the, in the summertime through not being able to afford their electricity. That's to add one toilet to each sporting facility. Well, so, well see, there you go. So and you're only talking... Sorry. In Victoria. In Victoria. Well, there and, and there you're only talking about one one side of any even in government. Fifty thousand dollars a dunny. Fifty thousand dollars a dunny. Okay, so what happens if this is legislated? Where by law, then your small businesses, your pubs, clubs, and whatever else have you, uh, by law have to have these things installed. And when it comes to the areas where you know, they can't afford the floor space or can't afford the fifty thousand dollars it's going to it's it's going to take to do this. Then by by law they will have to install a toilet or make their existing ones unisex. Okay, so for the for the for the emotional comfort of a select few, can you imagine the? Well, torment's probably a strong word, but how how upset it would make women, women who now have to share toilets with men, some stinky, filthy men, or get them out on the in, in a uh, in a licensed venue where. You've got a drunken freaking idiot who's around there and harassing women. And from where women once held the, the toilets as a bit of a, a safe zone where they could go and you know, do what they need to do, get their bearings and whatnot, all of a sudden these vanity areas uh, where they've been able to put their makeup on are just swarmed by a bunch of men. And if you think there's trouble now with um, you know sexual harassment and, and all that sort of stuff, in in areas, especially clubs and pubs, what what sort of a situation do you think this is going to add to that? Christy, let me ask you: Has the recent uh, marriage equality opened this kettle of worms? Do you think? Yeah, it's funny. Can open um, does. That's no, uh, kettle now. Okay, sorry. Sorry, sorry. can. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of people were saying that this. You know, we vote in gay marriage and this is the road we're going to go down and it seems to be that's what's happening. The minute gay marriage has laws been passed, now this is next on the agenda. It's yeah. like, no, I, I just think it's actually, you know, I, I actually don't really understand a lot of how tren- transgender, like you said, the men in the bathroom and stuff, some are attracted to females, some are attracted to males. So... But aren't the normal? Isn't normal society that way? That some are attracted to? I think no, and like you said, you know, we're we're going to build these toilets to make 
this small minority group comfortable, but yet we're making a very large majority of the group uncomfortable. So let me give you some Is that how it there. works? So we've got 10,040 registered transgender people in Australia as of the end of the 2016 census results. 10,040 out of 24, 25 million doesn't sound like much. However, my counter argument to it is, aren't they entitled to the same rights as everybody else then? If they've just chosen to, you know, some people I'm sure are born into a body they don't feel they ever belong to. So they have this, my opinion is they're entitled to what they want to become. So should they not have equal rights to toilets then guys? Well, they do have equal rights, which currently exist. Should they not have their own toilet? No. No. No, I don't think so. No, I don't think I, so either. No. I heard the argument that, um, oh, written, written, on, written on some forum that I was looking at, that um, these transgender people find it uncomfortable to use the disabled toilets for reasons that sometimes they are locked and they actually have to go and ask for a key. What about the poor bastards that are in wheelchairs? Yeah. You know, the ones that are actually struggling to get around. How do you reckon they go when they've got to go and source a key as if life isn't already freaking tough enough? And then you get some sooky freaking la-la that says, oh, I don't want to go and share a toilet with men or I don't want to go and share a toilet with men. I want to individualise myself and scream at you for not including us in everything else. I, I think that's a bit of a biased opinion, Ken, to be honest. Well, biased? I think I'm, that, uh, I'm thinking it's the majority of opinion, but people generally don't get to voice it because they're shut down as sexist and transphobe and all the rest of the bullshit that goes along with all these new tags. that are. How many freaking genders? You know what? I've, I've read in the last couple of days, one, one page saying there's 32 different genders and there's 64 different genders. It, no, there's friggin' not. Okay, you've got a man and a woman, and in, in a very, very like small percentage, you've got the hermaphrodite. But even still, three at best. Where, where's the logic? Seriously, where is the logic? You've got a cock and balls, or you've got a vagina, or you've got a cock and balls and vagina. Other than that, there's nothing. Well, you okay, can be, you can be in the throes of change. Well, even still, there's still only one thing you can change too, isn't there? But are you still saying, my question was, are they not entitled to the same liberties that somebody else is entitled to? Let's say that I'm a man changing to a woman, and it wouldn't happen because I'd make one real ugly woman. But if I was... If you I was you'd in, make an ugly man. If I was in the crossovers and there was the benefit of me using a transgender toilet, there would be some benefit in that, wouldn't it? Especially, especially if you thought I was a man walking into a woman's toilet. Well, how about you continue to use the toilet that you're equipped to do so? Maybe once you're sporting your vagina, then you can go and run off into the ladies. <laughs> How's that grab you? Where is the crossover point then? Ken, I think you've got a sexist view to this. I'm going to well, put it out good there. Good for you. Well sexist. done. <laughs> sexist? Well, sex, there's no such thing, is there, apparently, according to these trans whatevers? <laughs> Isn't it trans-neutral now? Isn't that what we're talking about? I, like I, marking birth certificates yeah. with an X because there shouldn't be any significant uh, gender, stipulation on what yeah. your gender is? Are they not entitled to do oh, that? Shut up, Daz. What, <laughs> who? What, a, a parent deciding on their, their child, what they can choose at, at whatever point they want to, what sex they want to be? No. No. No, yeah. it's not right. I'm surprised to hear how many transgender children there are in the community at the moment, and, and I'm not saying it's wrong or right. I'm just I, there was certainly none when I went to school. I'm not sure about the both of you, but it was absolutely unheard of. Oh, well, their their counter argument for that would be that oh, they've never felt comfortable to do it, and society now has to adhere to the way that they feel about these things. Listen, as vocal as I am on this, I I, 
I, I can hear their plight, right? I understand the emotional aspects and the torment that they do go through, but stop trying to make society as a whole adhere to the way that you want to live your life. Nobody is, no, you, you say there's criticism and there's bullying and all that sort of stuff. That is life. As much as people want to stop bullying, you cannot control each individual. I mean, you, you want toilets because it makes you feel uncomfortable. What about when you're walking down the street and all of a sudden you happen to walk past someone and they throw a jibe at you? What then? There's already these discrimination laws in place. I mean, if it's if someone's able to push it and, and you know, you're able to go and get them charged or whatever, so be it. Stop trying to control society as a whole. Christy, let's assume you had a son and he came home and says, Mum, I have felt like a woman since the day I was born and uh, I've decided at his 13 or 11 or 12, whatever it may be, let's say 13, teenager, I've decided that I want to make the change. What's your opinion? See, I'm actually alarmed myself at the amount of children. I'm shocked to hear that because it wasn't around when I was a kid and I don't think I'd even heard of it until... I don't even Foxtel know. Foxtel wasn't around when you were a kid. Mobile no. phones weren't around when no. you were a kid. I couldn't Google stuff. And School would have been easier. Yeah, 100%. But if my son came to me and said that at that age, I actually wouldn't know what to do. I think when they're younger, it's quite normal for kids to like boy things or to want to do, like if they're a girl, they want to do boy things. Like I've got two girls and my sister has three boys. And guaranteed, whenever I go to their house, my girls go straight for the cars and trucks. And same as whenever they'd come to our house, they're straight for the Barbie dolls and things. But that doesn't mean that they want to change sexes. That just means that they're interested in the toys or that's cool or whatever. Do you, do you feel now that maybe if there's a, um, you know, if there's a young boy who's... You know, who has some feminine qualities that they are being recognised by a certain element of society and then their agenda is being pushed onto the fact that you to, I, be, to be a man is, is not to be masculine. You, you know, if you feel feminine, there is other, other avenues you can take. And I agree, and it's quite okay for a man or a boy to have those feminine... Feelings. Some boys are quite sensitive, but that doesn't mean that they're gay or they're transgender. It just means that maybe they're a bit more in touch with their emotions or feelings, but that's okay. We're all different and we're all allowed to feel a certain way and no one can tell you, you know, your feelings is, is yours. No one can tell you how you feel. So... If my child at 13 came to me and said, I've, I feel these womanly feelings, I, I, would have to, I would have to explore that with him, I think, because before we make any drastic decisions, I think there's a lot to discuss and think about, hmm. especially in the teenage years. They're very formative. Do you, do you think now... In today's day and age, the society is, has made a push for the emasculation of men. I actually do. I mean, it's, it's, it's almost now a man, if he is um, quite masculine in his 
or not only physicality, but in his emotional beliefs and you know, his, the way he thinks, then that seems to be frowned upon now, and that seems to be the subject of they are the bullies. They're, they're the bullying yeah. type. You know, a man is not like well. shouldn't be a man the way he used to be anymore. Well, they always say the nice guy finishes last because that guy that always is the nice softy or whatever comes out at the bottom where the more masculine or aggressor of the situation, I guess. But I think men have been encouraged to be in more touch with their feelings and emotions. I most certainly have a sensitive side for the child in previous times that wasn't able to express themselves and change to who they want to be. And I I have no idea what percentage of that ended in suicide. I I can only think that a fair bit. You would think that... um, there would have been a lot of suicide rates for people that were just absolute outcasts. And whilst I don't agree for building transgender toilets, um, not purely based on cost, but also based on, I think that it would actually draw more attention to them when perhaps just the disabled slash unisex toilet could be, you know, the same the same thing. That And even that's going to come at a fair cost for where there isn't a disabled toilets and unfortunately that's probably going to mean we're going to end up in some just unisex toilets in some some factories yeah, exactly. and, and, and restaurants so let's upset the balance of the majority to appease the minorities as not, per usual in this not, politically not really. correct freaking way of life we, that we're living now we can't forget about the minority because the minority one day can may well be the majority now, well, it's fast approaching that. Well, mm. and that's on the road we have. We're going to have to leave it there for today's show. It's been great to have you in, Christy. Thanks for staying Thanks on for, for the extra yeah, section. Ken, I think you might have opened up a can of worms. No. That's right, a can of worms here. And I'm looking forward to the feedback that yeah, comes through because I don't necessarily agree with you here. I don't want the cost to come across and the attention it will draw. However... I don't well, I'd like we to hear what. Yeah, maybe, maybe not right now, but you, you can point out exactly what it is you disagree, and we can come up with our own argument, maybe off air. Right. Well, and you can apologise to me for having that differing view and <laughs> trying to force feed your shit down my throat. That'll never happen. I just think your arrogance one day will just uh, hopefully disappear, and you'll understand that there's two sides to the story. Well, again, that's your opinion. Dave's fine. We're going to sort this out downstairs, obviously. Right, I need to stay upstairs for 10 minutes. I might catch you later. All right, we will uh, catch you next week uh, and look forward to it all. Feedback, send it over to the Daz and Kenny podcast show at gmail.com. See you next Friday. All right, bye. Life as a result of the money invested in them. Yeah, yeah, sure, Daz. Yeah, right, yeah. Totally don't buy into that, do you? All I hear is the church taking people's money. I've never heard of them giving it back to people. Perhaps if you would enlighten me, please enlighten me. Tell me where. Tell me where the money that churches are put. You know, putting their basket out every week. People tipping in all the time. You, you tell me where where this is going back. Well, I think obviously there's a couple of two hundred fifty thousand dollar Mercedes where this uh, this little basket is venturing to. That does bother me, and it does pain me to see when their full-time job is to run the church. So clearly it's their only form of income when it's their full-time job and they're driving around in $250,000 cars. That, that that concerns me greatly, and it doesn't lessen my beliefs it, um, in what I believe in. It just lessens my belief in the benefit 
of what a church offers. They're buying buildings for hundreds and hundreds of thousands, if not millions. Um, I know that there's a lot of uh, criticism over you know certain churches. There's a big one in Sydney that makes millions and millions and millions, and you know they have a, a big cult following. And I guess that's an argument for the other another day whether they're cults or not. I guess my argument is our discussion off air was all about you know why shouldn't they pay tax from you? And I'm saying well why should they pay tax when they're giving back to the community? So I guess the opportunity from your statement is this is a great forum for churches to let the Daz and Kenny podcast show know where this money is being spent. I'd love for a church to come on to the show. and For the moment in my books, you're in the, uh, the same category as local councils. That's a big call. Well, in my eyes, that's the way it is. So there's no accountability for what they're doing. They're more than willing to throw their hands out and take all your cash, but where is it going? Well, I mean, here's the opportunity for them to prove us different on the... On your thoughts, I, I'd like. I'm not. I'm not here to attack religion and religious no, freedoms no, or I whatever. I, it's, it's only about the monetary side of things that we're talking about here. So let's assume they were doing the right thing for a sec, Ken, and let's just call it the never local, assumed as the local Daz and Kenny Church up the road, um, and let's just pretend for a minute you believe, yeah, and that we get in a hundred thousand dollars a year in donations from the lovely local Emma for, from Doreen. And uh, as a result of that, we reinvest 100,000 of that back into the community, giving food packages, helping people out uh, in grief, in death, in birth, in, in every format that you would hope that's what a church is doing. Okay, would, can, I, can I just would ask? Would that be tax-free? Would that be fair? Well, here's where you lose me, see, because the the talk you, or what you're just talking about there comes down to the work of volunteers and food drives and stuff like that where they're giving back to the community. The, the church isn't going out paying for food to give to the community. Right? It's the volunteers who spend their time after their church groups will go out and, and hold fundraisers and stuff like that. So don't don't blow smoke up this friggin' ass and tell me that it's the churches who are coughing up the cash because it's an outright lie. Yeah, you are ignorant in this sense, Des. Well, I'm, I might be ignorant, and I'm sure you'll have a lot of supporters. I am desperate for someone high enough in a church to come in and prove Ken wrong and keep my beliefs alive that it's, uh, you know, we're in the right... Hallelujah! Place. Testify! <laughs> well, I don't know that we'll get James Brown here because that was a terrible James Brown impersonation. <laughs> However, I'd like to think that I'm right, but maybe I'm just naive, as you say, Ken, so... Let's put it out there. Come on the show and let's prove Ken wrong here. You can, oh, you can contact us via email, the Daz and Kenny podcast show at gmail.com or via our Facebook page. Or you could probably even get Holy Ken at Holy Ken yeah. doesn't exist at gmail.com. But <laughs> I hope that I'm proven to be right on this one. I'll be disappointed if not one church group comes forward to help us out here, Ken. Well, I'd expect nothing less. Well, the challenge is on. Share this to your local church. Get them involved and let's prove Kenny wrong. I make think make Jesus happy with your efforts. God, Ken. You're God, no idea. Jesus. Not God. God's his dad, isn't he? Right. Isn't that the way it goes? On that note, we're finishing this podcast, Ken. I will see you shortly. You son of a motherless goat. Thanks for listening.
listening to the Daz and Kenny Podcast Show, where nothing is off limits.